0: Welcome back to another episode of porn and the Gospel I'm here with you it's actually Labor Day when I'm recording this uh, Allison and I just got back yesterday afternoon from an awesome trip to see her brother get married and it was just uh, just a great reminder I mean it was there was only 16 of us at this wedding so they kept it very very small and it was great it was beautiful beautiful uh, service and Allison's brother is uh, a pastor and so he, He led the the um, service and just a beautiful reminder of uh, marriage as a covenant, right? Not a contract. When when we have a contract and somebody breaks it, one person breaks their end of the contract, it kind of nullifies that contract. But a covenant is what God's done with us. Like He has forgiven us, He's promised us, He has steadfast love; it never ends. And he has this covenant love for us. And it's just a beautiful picture of that. So want to encourage you. I even got a text from somebody asking about uh, if their wife would be justified after finding out about their pornography issue, if their wife would be justified leaving him. And I, you know, all I did was just really wanted to point him back to the gospel that um, in our pornography, uh, struggles Christ never leaves us like he never gives up on us he never quits on us and so I encouraged him with that and uh, anyway just wanted to man what a great little reminder but I was um, in the word uh, and I just wanted to record this podcast and I really is really a follow-up to to the last one about expecting resistance and as I was continuing on in Hebrews I want to I want to talk about what what I see here as the root and the remedy for your porn addiction, like the root and the remedy. And, and the first thought is just that pornography, your, your addiction to pornography, pornography is just the fruit, right? It's, it's the fruit of, uh, of, of what's going on deeper, deeper down inside of you. And so even this morning I was talking with a gentleman from Florida. And he was telling me all about his issues. And he's telling me how many times he acts out. He was telling me uh, his things that were going on. He was angry. He was lonely. He was discouraged. He was, you know, fed up. He was, uh, you know, looking at porn all the time. And I just asked him a simple question. Like I said, well, you know, what you're telling me is these are all the ver- all symptoms of the deeper issue. I'm like, what do you think the deep issue is? like dig deep. I'm taking you back to the villages that I used to travel in and the sicknesses that we saw in in little kids and little babies. Like if we, the very first time we ever saw this was in a hospital in a Samaritan's Purse hospital in South Sudan. We prayed over the beds of dying children from waterborne illnesses. And so they had brought them to this hospital to get cured. And and that was a good thing. I'm not saying that's wrong, but but really what they were trying to do was treat the symptom and not the root cause. And the root cause was that they were they were giving their children just this dirty, nasty, disgusting water. And so our pornography addiction is just a symptom of something deep, 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 deep happening in us that is way beneath the surface that typically we don't address, which is what you know, like porn blockers. Uh buddy reached out this weekend asking about porn blockers for his son, and, and that's all well and good. And, and and so I was texting with Grant, my son, about it. And it's and it's fine, like accountability like that is fine, but it's not gonna solve the problem. It's not gonna solve the root issue. So let's talk about the root issue, and we're gonna look at Hebrews 3:15 through 19 to examine this, and then we're gonna look at the remedy. So I'm gonna give you a problem and a solution. Verse 15, as it is said, and he's quoting again, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So this is the second time he's quoting this psalm. So it must be pretty important. Verse 16, "For for who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. So Hebrews warning to the church, pay attention to your life don't drift don't fall away you're in danger don't harden your hearts and israel here is a prime example like he uses israel in the exodus in the 40 years in the wilderness as a prime example and so just looking at these verses if i'm just looking at verses 16 through 19 i want to point out all the things that are used to describe israel they they hardened their hearts they rebelled they provoked god They sinned, and they were disobedient, is what what these verses say. And ultimately, the just judgment that they received was because they refused to believe. It says here, verse 19, the judgment was that they didn't enter the promised land, and and the reason was is because of unbelief. As a matter of fact, Psalm 106.24 says, Then they despised the pleasant land, or the promised land, having no faith in his promise. The root of Israel's rebellion in the wilderness was unbelief. The fruit of unbelief was a hardened heart, which resulted in sin after sin after sin throughout their 40 years. Like we read, you go through and read Exodus and Numbers, you read about their rebellion you read about the sin, all of the different things that they did. What happens when we don't trust in God, when we don't have faith in his promises? Well, we just, we try to do things in our own power. We seek to manipulate life so that we win. Like porn is a symptom of a hardened heart, a rebellious heart, an unbelieving heart that refuses to take him at his word. Instead of Strong men, like this is what we're called to be. Instead of strong men who lead their families with integrity and humility, we are weak and really seek to please our own desires. So my issue with porn was not my greatest problem. Like, as I'm looking back and as I'm asking myself my own question, the question that I'm asking men today, when I'm asking myself, Spencer, what, what really was the issue? Like, why did you struggle for so long? And you would have periods of victory and then periods of not victory. What was the real issue? And I have to look back and, and my problem, my greatest issue was unbelief. Like every time I went to it, it, I was pointing my finger at God and saying, I don't believe you at all. I don't believe your promises. I don't believe your protection. I don't, I don't believe you are who you say you are. I don't believe any of it. And so I would rebel. I'd say, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this myself. I've got this myself. So what does faith look like? What does faith look like? And and so I want to point us to a passage, a beautiful passage that you probably have all read, but let's look at what faith looks like, because now we're uncovering, the problem with porn is unbelief. This is the root. The root root is not believing God. So what does it look like? Well, let's look at Joshua chapter one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon is, yeah, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards, The going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left what a beautiful passage. So he's telling, he's giving Joshua a command to be strong and courageous, like be strong. What is he putting his faith in? Did, did God say, put your faith in the shield that you have in the sword that you have in anything like the breastplate, the army that you have, the people, your strength. No. Put your faith in the promises that I've already given you this land. Look at verse three. He says, "Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you." Like God's already done it. God prepared this land for them. He let the He let their enemies cultivate the land, prepare the land, just so that they could, they could give it to them. It wasn't like Joshua was some superhero. He just trusted God. He took him at his word when he said that he had already given them the land. I mean, this is this is what this is what we struggle with. And so what I'm about to say here may seem harsh, but I say it because I am you. And even my sin today, whatever sin I struggle with, really is evidence of this truth. Is is more evidence that that I still have faith that needs to be built up. Like we will continue to build faith for the remainder of our days until we're taken home, until our faith becomes sight. And it's no longer faith anymore. It's just, man, we see him as he is. And this is the truth. This is the harsh truth. Like You reject God's word and his promises and refuse to allow it to penetrate your heart because you love porn more than you love God. Like you don't allow his word to penetrate your heart. And so it's like in Matthew 13, when he said there are seeds that fell on rocky ground that didn't have much soil. And immediately they sprang out, up. But since they, there was no depth of soil, when the so, sun rose up, they were scorched, and they had no root, and they withered away. Like this is our issue. We don't believe and when we don't believe and we don't have faith and we don't trust God and take him at his word, our hearts are hardened. Like this was this is the enemy whispering in our ear. Did God really say this? Every promise of God's word, Satan is there to say, uh, I don't know. Did he really say this? So when I said that you love porn more than you love God. Let's just look at a, f- a few passages here before you just shut this off and, and never listen to me say anything ever again, <laughs> which, which, hey, man, that's completely up to you. So John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is Jesus. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And when I'm not keeping God's commandments, when I'm not believing the truth of his word and following his word, then it's just evidence that I'm not loving him. I'm not believing him. I'm not trusting him. Second John 1, 6 says, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. The commandment that you've heard from the beginning is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love one another, or love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then in 1 John 5, 3, and 4, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. All right. This is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. When I have faith in God, when I believe his word, when I trust his word, then man, I am prepared for the enemy's attack. I am not blaming God for my testing in the wilderness. I am not pointing fingers at other people. I'm not blaming my wife. I'm not, I'm not, Saying, well, I'm angry, I'm discouraged, I'm lonely, I'm not blaming my feelings. I am really, I'm, I'm having faith in what he tells me. So I would even say this, porn is not your great enemy. Your lack of faith is. Lack of faith is your great enemy. And lack of faith comes from what? So if I ask you the question, where does your lack of faith come from? Or where does uh, any general lack of faith come from? It comes from not knowing God. After all, who, who believes somebody that they don't know? Like it's one thing to say, I believe. It's another thing to live your life according to that belief. All right. It's one thing to say, I believe it's another thing to live your life according. To. so in, in my, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking there's at least two types of knowing God that are in my mind. So one precedes the other, right? So the first type of knowing God is to know God as your savior and cr- Christ as your savior, rescuing you from eternal death. So that is first, that is salvation. And that is all about justification, like, if you don't have this part right, then nothing else matters. I will just go ahead and tell you the test. The, what I can tell you, attest to you, I was raised in church. I was there every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. My parents were godly parents. They loved the Lord. They taught me the Bible. I went to a Christian school. I had Bible class every day. I had chapel every day. I went to a Christian college. I had chapel every day there. I had Bible class every week there. Oh, my goodness gracious! I I I grew up in the Bible belt. Like this is the this is the heart of the Bible belt. And yet I did not know God until I was 29 years old. Because it's easy, easy to pretend you know God. All I have to do is say the right things, play the part, like even even deceiving myself. Like my heart is very, very deceitful. And I was deceived. So that's the first knowing God. And now if you don't have that right, and I would ask yourself the question, like you need to be sure of your calling. You need to be sure that you were born again. 100 percent. Uh, you cannot neglect this examination you cannot neglect and if you're in doubt i, I really w- encourage you find somebody you trust who you believe who you see the fruit of the spirit working in their life and ask them about it talk to them about it i had a friend do this so he thought he was a believer we um, were talking one day and he was like ah you know how do you know if you are and i was like man this is a great this is a great question everyone should ask that question and he came to faith in Christ, like he, he truly put his trust in Christ and his whole life changed. So that's number one, knowing God. Number two, knowing God comes from a careful and continuous exposure to the truth of God's word. This is, listen, as much as I love Oswald Chambers, as much as I love daily devotions, I even have one that I bought my son recently, a Tim Keller devotion uh, on Proverbs because it was recommended by a friend. As much as I love those, a daily devotion will never take the place of careful and continuous exposure and examination of God's word yourself. You have to do the work. Like, this is a deliberate and this is deep exploration, asking questions like, when when I'm reading Hebrews, I'm asking questions like, what is this passage telling me about the character of God? What is this passage telling me about the sinfulness of man and of myself? And what is this passage telling me about the supremacy of Christ? Like, Is this passage pointing me to Christ? And when you start looking at scripture that way, the beautiful thing is, is that like, the entire Bible opens up because we begin to see God for who he is. And this is how we get to know him. This is how we get to know what he loves, what he, what he honors, what he cherishes, what he hates, what he despises. Like we need to know these things and it doesn't happen from skimming the Bible or skimming a devotion five to 10 minutes a day. So knowing God is key it's key in all of this. Something else that we can see from this passage, and, and let me say one other thing. like if you are struggling to get um, a, a like revelation from God's Word, if you're just reading His word, I would encourage you find a commentary that you can trust, a gospel-based commentary from someone you can trust. Ask around, ask a friend, and then pick a book, have a companion commentary, go with it, and, and read. Read yourself, pray for illumination. I'm going to give you, in one of these uh, episodes, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to give you some insight into some of the things I do, like prayers for illumination, like prayers from God's word, prayers that he 100% answers to open our eyes and our hearts to his word. I'll do that. Um so anyway, I say all that. If you if you're struggling there, get a commentary. So um going back to, to Israel when they tested God, they rebelled, they sinned, they didn't believe. Like something else that we can see through this passage is like just because we have a good beginning doesn't mean that we're going to have a good ending. And we see this with the children of Israel. Things did not end well for them. Like Every one of them but two passed away in the wilderness, the whole generation. So we've got to be careful to know God. And when we're indulging in porn, God says it's like we don't even know who he is. This is what we're saying. we like, God, we don't know you and we don't trust you. We just choose porn over him. So listen to what Paul says to the church because when we're indulging in porn, like it's as if we're not even a believer. First Thessalonians 4, 1 through 5. Finally, then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and please God. So Paul had lived with this church, he had worked among them, he had preached to them, he had encouraged them, and then he had instructed them how they ought to walk and to please God. He says, just as you were doing. So this church was doing well. (laughs) Paul is not, he's not writing a letter, just wearing them out like he did the Corinthians. He's like, just as you were doing. So it's like, man, you, you all have a great beginning. He says, now I'm encouraging that you do so more and more. Paul knows that we drift. Paul knows that we are tempted to fall away. Paul knows that we are tempted to turn our hearts from God, and we risk hardening of the heart because of our unbelief. So he's saying, hey, I'm going to encourage you. Do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality that each one of you know how to control his, his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passions of lust like the Gentiles who, and this is the key, do not know God. So when we, indul- when we refuse sanctification, when we, when we entertain and indulge in sexual immorality, when we are not controlling our own bodies in holiness and honor, we are acting just like somebody who doesn't have a clue who God is. So if I don't know him, then I must get to know him at all costs. Like there's no, there's no exceptions. So the question is, am I going to get to know God scrolling Facebook? Am I going to get to know God scrolling Instagram or watching the, the next Netflix series? Am I going to get to know God on PlayStation or Xbox? The answer is no. But if I have all the time in the world for those things and say, I don't have time for God's word, we're a liars. Like we're lying to ourselves. So take an honest assessment of your life. What is the fruit that your faith is producing? Is it rebellion or is it obedience? And I would say for all of us who are, who have indulged in porn, who are, who are indulging in pornography, looking back, like looking back, I can honestly say my life was a life of rebellion. Now, was it open rebellion? Was I shaking my fist at God? Was I, you know, no, that, and that's the horrible thing about this is that I was pretending to be somebody I was not. And I was hiding my sin in the deep corners of my heart. My heart was getting hard, and eventually you all know what happens if you know my story. It's just drifting. It's slow. So that's the problem. That's the root of our sin. That's the root of our pornography addictions. But what is the remedy? So I'm going to hit this real quick. What is the remedy for our sick hearts and deceitful desires? Now, I'm going to back up a couple of verses in Hebrews, and let's look at this. Hebrews 3, still in the same area, 12 through 14. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So two exhortations, two remedies. Number one is take care, and number two is exhort one another. So the writer here is saying take care, pay attention, wake up, be sober-minded, so that your heart does not harden and you stop believing God's promises. And then two, exhort one another every day so that your hearts don't get hardened by deceitfulness of sin. Like, your heart, guys, is on the line. Your brother's heart is on the line. And the glory of God, most importantly, is on the line. The glory of God in your life is on the line. As many men as I speak with about, like, porn addiction, the thing that saddens me the most is that this has gone on for decades. And I'm sad for them because I, like, looking back, I'm sad for myself. Like I, I lost decades of faithful service to the church in Christ because of it. Now, it's become my mission to exhort brothers whose hearts are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And I need you to exhort and warn and encourage and point me to Christ as long as I'm here in the wilderness. Like, I need brothers because I'm tempted on every side. And so do you have a band of brothers? Do you have people? Now, I'm not talking about an accountability partner. I'm not talking about somebody who in your mind, you're thinking, oh man, they're tired of hearing from me. I'm talking about a brother who points you to Christ and who will kick your butt, like wake you up, tell you the truth. And we don't need to be coddled. We need the truth. So I've got a guys, I've got a group of guys on Friday morning, we get together. Now we've taken the summer off and I can tell you the temptation is, is just to, Hey, we've built in some new routines on our Friday mornings. The temptation is just to say, eh, let's just keep things the way they are. Maybe we don't have to meet. I've got another group, uh, that's led by my friend Forrest. That is a group, uh, maybe 10 of us or so nine or 10 of us, we get together once a quarter, we, you know, we are very, very transparent in what's going on. Um, we have a call every month. Like, do you have a band of brothers who's telling the truth? Like, this is probably the most important part is telling the truth. Because when we lie, it is just an, it's just evidence that we don't believe God. So this is the remedy. And I want to tell you just point to one other passage here that gives us evidence that we need a band of brothers. We need people around us. We need to exhort one another. Like success in this in this in our addiction over pornography is not a solo sport. I think a lot of us think that we're like David and Goliath. Like, hey, you know, I can beat, like, Goliath is this big sin. I'm David. I can beat this thing. And the truth is, like, David didn't defeat Goliath. God defeated Goliath. God defeated Goliath. And what if is the, the whole entire army of Israel had not been behind David? What would have happened? Well, the enemies, the, I think it was the Canaanites, they would have come and slaughtered David. But the entire army was behind David. And as soon as they saw his victory, they all rushed and gained victory. So think about David, First Chronicles 12, I'm going to read verse 8 and then verse 21 and 22. From the Gadites, there went over to David at the stronghold in the wilderness, mighty and experienced warriors, expert with shield and spears, whose faces were like the faces of lions and who were swift as gazelles upon the mountains. They helped David against the band of raiders, for they were all mighty men of valor and were commanders in the army. For from day to day, men came to David to help him until there was a great army like an army of God. Guys, what a beautiful passage. Like In David's distress, he needed men to come alongside of him, men whose faces were like lions. And what does that mean? It means they were unafraid. They did not tremble. They did not cower. I love this quote by George Whitfield. He said, it is an invaluable privilege to have a company of fellow soldiers continually about us, animating and exhorting each other to stand our ground, to keep our ranks, and to manfully follow the captain of our salvation, though it be through a sea of blood. What a privilege to be surrounded by brothers who care brothers who want to fight what man what man has any hope like what hope do you have in isolation what chance against all of satan's snipers do you have walking in this world his hidden ieds and his commitment to never stop like this is a question is our enemy more committed than you are? Because he is relentless. Are you? He believes that his time is short, and so he's going to make the most of every opportunity he has to deceive, to lie, to fill, and to destroy man and family in church. So my question is, do we believe that our time is short? Are we going to rally together, attack? and exhort and bandage our wounded. This is what we need. May we become a mighty army of men equipped for war. May we be the lion-faced men of God who will never back down and never surrender. Arms locked until death. Guys, we we are at war. (laughs) You're going to hear me say that. You're going to get sick of me saying this until maybe one day it will click with you. One day it'll click with you. But just finishing with Hebrews, we have to be warned by Israel's history because we are Israel. We are Israel. And Israel's biggest downfall is they didn't believe God, and this is our issue. All the porn, all the things that go wrong in our life are simply just the fact that we don't trust God, and so the remedy is, I would say, twofold. (laughs) Know God and exhort one another every day, every day. All right, guys. That's it for this episode of Porn and the Gospel. I look forward to have to having you back. Listen to another episode. And listen, I, I'm just asking you, if you have found any value, would you go and leave me a review on Apple or on uh, Android, whatever podcast you're listening to? Uh, you know, could be Spotify, could be Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes. All right, everyone, guys, I hope y'all have a great week. Uh, and I will catch you on the next episode.